the Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Let's go! Has it improved in ten weeks under John Kennedy? I don't think so I don't think it's improved uh, if, you, if you're going to improve you had to win the Scottish Cup or at least be in the semi-final this weekend Celtic are not they've not beaten Rangers are taking a, a point off them you don't envy the new Celtic manager we've got to still identify areas of our group and our team where we can help them where we can get stronger because we're not the finished team The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited hosted by Rob McLean Stephen Cregan and John Hartson Call now and voice your opinion 08 17-17-700 On Stephen Gerrard's third anniversary as Rangers manager the champions have plunged back into the transfer market to sign the Belgium-based striker Fashion Sakala a fashion statement as Rangers further strengthen their squad and the club is also reporting the sale of 20,000 season tickets for next season in the last 10 days they are on top Stephen Cragen and they are building well I think that's when you have to strengthen when you're in a good position when everybody's feeling good you're an attractive proposition that's when you have to go out spend your money attract the players and I think previously if any player had a doubt of coming to Rangers the potential of playing Champions League football next season also if you have a chance of winning the title next season you automatically go into the Champions League the following season so there's lots of good things about Rangers and I'm not surprised the players want to come and play there Ten weeks tomorrow that Celtic parted company with Neil Lennon. Yes, ten weeks. The rumour machine uh, today linking the likes of Ayer and Christie with moves out of the club. And John Hartson still no word about the new gaffer appointment. No, you're hearing um, little snippets um, that he's going to be announced this week or uh, we, th- we now think there's something else which you're going to break, Rob, during the, uh, during the show. Uh, we think there's something else in the way. That's that's that, yep. a stumbling block, if you like. Um, but we just, as I say, we Celtic supporters, we just want an announcement. It's been long enough now. You know, it really, really has. I know it takes a little bit of time and lots of paperwork and contracts involved and this, that, and the other. But desperate for an announcement. Really yeah. Are. Yep. All Celtic fans are desperate for some news. Um, and the feeling is that there will be some news. Maybe even this week uh, we will find out. Um, and presumably it's just a matter of time uh, before uh, it is formally announced that uh, Eddie Howe is in the job. The, we're, I'm hearing that uh, there might be contractual things going on. There might be links still back to Bournemouth. Um, and reasons why he can't be appointed as the Celtic manager till the end of the season. But there's in between times, there's been this massive void, hasn't there, of, of information, uh, even hints being dropped by the Celtic hierarchy that everything was under control, Craggs. Yeah, it just makes you think that surely there must have been a way around it. You know, for every problem there is, there's certainly always a way to solve it. And if Eddie Howe is the man they desperately want, he's the number one target. Celtic should have found a way to get him out of his contract. If it means buying him out or paying a little bit more money to get him out, do so. Because things are ticking on and ticking on. There's, you know, It's such a huge job anyway to manage Celtic to try and be successful. But when you've got to come in to a league you don't know, deal with players you don't know really an awful lot about, you have to rebuild. You're probably going to have to bring in, what, 10 or 12 players. And that's huge to try and gel out all in. Your first game back is going to be a Champions League qualifier. So there's so many things to go on that if Celtic really pushed the boat and went for it, um, of course there's 
contractual obligations at some stage, but you'd like to think the two football clubs and agents can work it out and, and, and chief executives can sort these things out because they needed them in. I think they needed them in before now or certainly even announced, like probably very similar to Stephen Gerrard, one who came in, what, three years ago today. And we'll talk about that later. But he was announced and then was able to go and get on with his life, John, and, and plan things and work things out, mm -hmm. you know, and deal with players and yeah. speak to agents. I'm not saying Eddie Howe's not doing that, but everything's got to be under the radar. It'd be better out in the open. Yeah, and it's even more under the spotlight on a day when Rangers unveil yet another signing. They've already signed Scott Wright from Aberdeen. He's had an impact. Jack Simpson is now getting games for them, having signed from Bournemouth. There's another signing from Bournemouth on the way. Uh, Fashion, Sakala, Zambian International, uh, scoring goals in the Belgian top division this season. And and that all throws the, the spotlight, doesn't it, John, on Celtic and what's not happening. Well, yeah, everything's up in the air with Celtic. All we know is, is that there's going to be at least six or seven players that will definitely move on. Rangers are actually doing their work very early so everybody can get together pre-season. Steven Gerrard will stick to that system, probably 4-3-3 that he's been working on for three, for three years while he's been at the club. Everybody knows that system, the formation. The players are drilled to it every other day in training when they're doing shape and when everything else and doing bounce games on the training ground. And nothing changes. The, the personnel of the team maybe changes one or two players, but in general, you could almost name the Rangers team, the formation, how they set up. And that's taken work. That's taken patience from the board to allow Stephen to build something. Look, look, when he first came in, Look at the you know the 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 uh, how stronger Celtic were than Rangers. He's turned that around. You have to give him credit for that. Well, let's find out a little bit more then uh, about the the man who Rangers have just signed. They've been chasing him for a while. He's twenty four. He's a Zambian international. Eleven caps for his country. Uh, Thirteen goals uh, this season for Ostend in the Belgian top division. Uh, I think 26 goals in total for them, having joined from uh, Spartak Moscow. But somebody uh, much closer to uh, fashion Sakala than we can claim to be is Peter Kent, who's a, a journalist in Belgium. And we can talk to Peter right now. Hi, Peter. Hi, everybody. Hi, Peter. Hi, How are you? Ah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. The weather is like uh, Scotland, it's raining over here. Oh, right, OK, well, we're, we're in the same sort of mindset then at the moment. Although, okay. although as I look out the window, the, sun, the sun's come out with perfect timing. What can you tell okay, us, then. Peter, about, about fashion Sakala? What, what have Rangers signed here? I mean, yeah, yeah they signed a, a very promising uh, good uh, striker, second striker, not, not the main striker of the team. He's uh, more revolving around the uh, the main striker, the number nine. Um, he's been a sensation this season, just as his uh, as his team, in fact, because uh, last season he's been in a third year now, and last season his team was struggling, and he was struggling as well to find to struggling with the pace, to struggle scoring goals. But this season we saw um, we saw a, a very different uh, Ostens. Instead of uh, being implicated in a relegation battle, they were uh, battling up front for the European playoffs. And um, fashion was doing uh, very well. The change had to do with uh, a new, a new uh, coach coming in with German principles, high pressure, uh, fast, uh, a fast game. And he adapted very well. And uh, actually, he exploded this season with uh, scoring goals, giving assists, being a constant threat. Uh, dribbling from the right, he's, he's uh, from the left. He's right-footed, but um, he's, he's fast. He's going for goal. 
and he has an interesting life story. Yeah, I mean, you, you interviewed him, didn't you, in January? So w- yeah. what is the yeah. background? Well, we, we, we didn't know so much about his background, and he was very open. He was talking about his youth in, uh, in Rwanda, in, in Zambia, and um, he's, um, he's, he's coming from a, poor, a very poor family. And he explained to me that um, when he was 10 years old, his, uh, he had four sisters and two uh, younger brothers, and his father didn't find work, so they were raised in a very poor family in very poor circumstances. And he had to go hunting in the bush uh, together with some dogs uh, to find to find food for the whole family. So he's been doing that for from from 10 years old uh, until he was 16, and he started very late uh, playing football. And um, yeah, he had mainly had to provide uh, the food for for his family, hunting with dogs in the bush. And then he talked about it very openly, and he, he wasn't ashamed about his poor background, his poverty, and so on. And uh, that made him very young and, and an adult with a, with a strong will to to survive. And, and that made him survive in, in the difficult world that football is. Yeah, he certainly knows what real life is all about by by the sounds yeah. of it. Um, I mean, we know Jack mm-hmm. Hendry, of course, at Ostend, Peter, because the, yeah. he's been yeah. alone from Celtic. Had and we've had we've yeah, had yeah. we've had him on the show, and and obviously he has prospered as a player. I think uh, playing mm-hmm. with yeah. a with a successful team, and and they're still involved, are they, Ostend in these in the playoffs, playing yeah, yeah, for yeah, Europa yeah, League yeah. qualification. Yeah, they're nearly. Yeah, we changed the playoff system a little bit. Uh, from last year, there were six teams playing playoff one. For the title, now there are only four teams and uh, they're in the second group. They just missed the first group by uh, a narrow margin. Anderlecht, uh, in the end, came came up very strongly because they were ahead of Anderlecht a long time, but they lost a little, a little bit in uh, in the final stages of the season. And um, but but now they they started very well. They they played uh, six. They won six two last weekend, and and they're heading for Europe. So uh, very strong performance, also by Jack. He's uh, I talked to him recently because for the magazine he was, uh, I worked for the magazine and for the magazine he was the most regular player in, uh, of the season. And, uh, he had a, he had a, he had a great season. He was the leader of the, of the pack in the, in the defense. And uh, they have a very young team and, uh, he, he was outstanding, outstanding performance. Peter, just to touch back on Fashion Sakala, um, mm-hmm. he was linked to many clubs, mm-hmm. wasn't he? You know, yeah. with, with scoring yeah. so many goals, he was linked. So it's a big move yeah. for Rangers to get a player of that quality, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Um, in January, he, uh, when he had his, his very good period, he was scoring goals like from 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 everywhere. Um, he was linked to Antwerp, but um, he refused to go to to Antwerp, who's, who was currently at that time, who were currently second in the in the division, because he wanted to keep all his options open and and, and to move to to a higher league. I think coming from his background, English-speaking country, I think the aim he always had was was was, was going to as close to the to the Premier League as you can get to, and and I think Scotland for him is an, is an, is another step forward. Uh, we saw the Glasgow Rangers uh, playing Antwerp, playing Standard. It's a it's a it's a it's a higher level. So I think he, he's on, he's on the top teams on the Champions team. So I, I think he's he's moving up. They also explained me the the the, reason, the 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 reasoning behind his, his first name because I told him that he had the most fashionable name <laughs> and, uh, first name in in Belgian football, and he explained to me that actually he was going to be called Timothy, but um, his father was a he played football as well and he was a, he was a dribbling type, and uh, in this in this in his village and and later in the city nearby um, his father was nicknamed Fashion. 
So instead of calling him Timothy, um, uh, Fashion was named Fashion after the uh, the surname of his, the, the nickname of his father. And I think it's fair to say, Peter, that all the head the headline writers in the Scottish newspapers and websites will be delighted that he went for Fashion uh, as a first name because <laughs> yeah. we'll be we'll be seeing plenty of that uh, over the next few days. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying? He's a very open. He's a very nice guy. He's very open. Very well educated. Um, he had difficult times in in in, in Russia because uh, he, he felt a bit lost and so on. But uh, he's, he's he's doing very well in, uh, in 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 Belgium and in Austin. Everybody sad to to see him leave because he was like uh, the motivator of the team. He was uh, he's yeah he was the captain of the team. Not being not wearing the captain on, but. He was uh, he was a leader in in, in the dressing room. So. We've got the former Celtic striker. Uh, sorry, Peter. We've got the former Hi, Celtic Peter. striker yeah. John Hartson with us in the Hi, studio, Peter. who's who's obviously interested uh, at this new signing for Rangers. Yeah, I am very interested because uh, Peter have said how well uh, Fashion has been playing, and uh, you say mm-hmm. he's he's a striker, he's a second striker. And as you're probably aware, Rangers have many centre forwards and many sort of mm-hmm. second strikers. Um, and obviously, he want to play, won't he? Fashion will want to come and play. Yeah, he'll um, want to play. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't know whether Rangers um, are maybe thinking of offloading one or two that they've got, maybe to bring in Fashion Sakala. But uh, he'll certainly want to play, won't he? Yeah, he hasn't come here to you know to be a reserve or to sit on the substitutes bench. He'll want to play, coming from Belgium, being captain, scoring twenty four goals last season having options, so I would imagine he'll want to play. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll imagine that too. Because, but I, I think I think he's also he's, he's very self-aware of his of his qualities. Mm-hmm. But I thought I also think he's uh, he's the patient guy. I mean, he, he took his he took his time settling into the team in Austin as well. He took his time settling with the with the, with the new coach as well. He, he listens to the coach. He observes very good, and then and then he'll try to do whatever the coach wants him to do. But he's not too afraid to do something else if he can. He, he sees that with doing something else that the coach uh, wants him to do, that he can help the team and, and score goals. So he's uh, he's 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 not um, not an easy character to put away. So he's uh, he's got mentality. He's got his his past. You know, he wants to 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 earn money for his family. He knows he's responsible. He's a, he's a very smart guy. He's married to a girl who always, who always lived, uh, who always stayed in his country to look after his affairs and so on. So he's, uh, so he, he's he, very, he doesn't, he doesn't mind. Guy. He doesn't mind being patient no, no. And, and waiting for his opportunity. No, no, no. He's a very adult. Yeah. He's yes. a very adult guy in, in, in his approach to football mm-hmm. and so on. So he, he won't be worried if, yeah. If for one other reason he, he, he will not be in the, in the team for the first two mm-hmm. weeks or so, guess, three weeks or no. so, but he'll I, work hard I guess what we're thinking Peter what we're wondering at the moment is where he fits in you know you, you would imagine that, that, that Steven Gerrard has signed him with a view mm-hmm. to playing him he, he's going to fit in somewhere into that team he's not He's not the yeah. main. He's not the number nine. Is he the number ten, or, or no, no. are you saying he comes in from the wide areas? Is, is it, does he start out wide? He comes in. He comes in. Yeah, he comes in for the wide areas. He's, he's not a really wide, wide uh, like a Dutch type striker who, uh, who goes across his line and then centers. He's, he's more. He's, he's right-footed, but in Austin he plays from the left side. But he's uh, close to the close to the number nine. So he's not a really wide, wide player, but uh, he's more like. Like we play with the national team as well, like uh, where Aiden Hazard plays, yeah. just just uh, outside of the of the number nine, not not really. But I don't think Steven Gerrard plays a four three three, a classical four three three. 
That's a, well, and and he's just got that amazing backstory, as you've said, um, about where yeah. he where he's come from, which is which makes him even even mm-hmm. more fascinating. Yeah, indeed, that's true. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for joining us. Good to hear from you. No problem. And uh, okh- that's, that's Peter Kent, who's a uh, Belgian uh, journalist and uh, telling us a lot that we didn't know already mm. about fashion to Cala, Craig. Yeah, and it, it just seems that I think it's the one position where Rangers have lacked someone to play on the right side of that front three. You know, Joe Rebo's played there, Scott Arfield's played there. Um, Kimar Roof's played out there at times Ryan Kent has played on that side I, I just don't think they've had that someone who can be a dribbler and, and can be like a Ryan Kent-esque on the opposite side of the pitch you know the fact that he doesn't want to play as a number nine and he's not an out-and-out winger well that's what Rangers want they want someone to play you know, I'm guessing like an, an old-fashioned inside forward who just plays in that little role the number seven where he can, he, he can break beyond the striker he can get goals he can drift across the front line so I think that's the one position they were looking to try and bring in I mean Ross Wilson said they wanted pace and power they were going to try and add it in January as well as add it in the summer they've done it with Scott Wright and they've now done it with Fashion Sakala so it certainly sounds like it's you know going to be a productive move and Stephen Gerrard saying today that uh, he's very excited um, about the potential that uh, Fashion Sakala has they've been chasing him for some time Rangers um, and he reckons uh, the Rangers manager that that uh, fashion can can thrive not just in Scottish football but on the European stage, which is massive for Rangers as well. And of course, you know we're 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 sort of talking about where where does he fit into the team? Yeah. But 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 it's going to it takes more than eleven players. Rangers need depth. You know they've got, they've got defenders injured at the moment. They've got midfield players injured. Maybe yeah. not quite so bad at the top end of the team at the moment. But you never know what you're going to get in the way of injuries and suspension. So he will want six top quality players for those front three positions John absolutely Rob I think you're spot on I think um, Fashion Sakala is another quality addition to a group that have done ever so well and he wants competition for places and as you said he, he is Craig's has, has just alluded to sometimes they're not as strong on the right that's because Kent is ridiculously strong probably on the left you know he's outstanding uh, Ryan Kent um, but as I said, uh, I mentioned there when I spoke to Peter, does this maybe mean that one may be on his way out? But I don't think as a manager you want to keep everyone. I think it's, it's the, the board and the chairman that comes to you and the chief exec and says, look, we have to balance some books maybe here and there. But from Stephen Gerrard's point of view, he's like, I, want, I don't really want to lose anyone. I want as many quality players as I've got to choose from. And he certainly comes under that category, fashion Sakala. We're talking football, of course, on Glasgow's own Go Radio with John Hartson and Stephen Cragen and Rob McLean, the Tuesday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. So we are talking Rangers on Stephen Gerrard's third anniversary as the manager. We're talking fashion Sakala, and we now know a lot more about the 24-year-old Zambian international who will be joining at the start of next season. 20,000 season tickets sold for Rangers, even with all sorts of question marks about attendance in the round uh, next season and of course 10 weeks tomorrow after the departure of Neil Lennon we're talking Celtic what's happening the Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5 Glasgow's on Go Radio for a Tuesday the football show with Rob McLean John Hartson and Stephen Cragen and you on 0808 17 17 700 text GO and your message to 87474 on the socials it's at Go Football Show and as you know so well we love getting you involved in the football conversation and there's plenty uh, to talk about on the day that Stephen Gerrard celebrates his third anniversary 
anniversary as Rangers manager and the club have made another signing. In fact, Craig, you were saying, is that signing number 39 since Steven yeah, Gerrard took charge? Listen, give or take one or two, 39, I think that's that's the number. I mean, plenty have been successes, but I was making a list of the ones that haven't been so successful. <laughs> so I'm sure people know, uh, you know who's succeeded and who hasn't. And then when you consider on the flip side, Eddie Howe coming in and we're saying he needs 10 or 12 players. He's not going to get them all right. No. So Stephen Gerrard's 39 and he'd probably want to do more business. So it's something that has to keep building. You know, Stephen Gerrard, after three years, has probably got a squad, well, he has got a squad, obviously capable of winning the league. Eddie Howe could take 39 players for him. You know, it could take him three years. So yeah. it shows just the, the enormity of the job when you're trying to sign players. You've got to get it right. You've got to know your business. And uh, But yeah, 39 players and uh, three years to win a title. The Go Radio Football Show and Jason up next, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello. Are you there? Yes, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Jason. Yeah, you've uh, you've, tur- you've turned up your volume, so that's good. Uh, how are you? Uh, elated, I would use as the word. I'm absolutely elated today. I thought yesterday Rangers were... Well, brilliant. Uh, sorry, on Sunday Rangers were, were fantastic. So um, it's it's always good to get an old firm one. It sets me up well for the week. So I've got a slide in my step today. And that that was Rangers' biggest win against Celtic for twenty years. Was it as long as that? Twenty years was it? Yep. I think it was I November, November two thousand. Um, going into the game, if I'm quite honest with you, I was um, I had the fear, as we say. Uh, I fought off the back of the the Scottish Cup exit. Um, I, in my heart of hearts, I thought Celtic may be in for a chance to sneak a point or even or even get the victory on the day. Um, I really didn't expect Rangers to come out the way that they did. I don't know why I felt like that because obviously all year in the league we've been we've been dominant, we've been very forceful, um, great on the ball, great going forward, um, and it, it was a joy to watch. I think obviously in particular the names that have been mentioned: Ryan Kent, uh, Tavernier. I thought that. He had a brilliant game. Some of the balls that he put in the box were, were terrific. He, he probably went unmentioned, to be honest with you, as much as the rest of the guys. But um, yeah, overall, really, really happy with the performance. And uh, special mention, special mention to um, to main before getting the goal at the end. I had a, a sneaky feeling when I seen him warm up coming on. I thought today's going to be the day that he gets his old fun going. I was uh, over the minute to see him uh, put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, it was the biggest win since Rangers won five one against Celtic back in the the year uh, two thousand. Celtic had their chances, Crags, uh, in the game, no doubt about that. But but maybe Rangers uh, always had that ability in the game to to just go through the gears. They did, and I think that'll probably just add further to the frustration of going out of the Scottish Cup the week the week before when they were so flat and laboured and you know they still had the chances against St Johnson, but they didn't play with the same intensity as what they did on Sunday. And naturally, it's an old firm game. I get that, but. You know, just a little bit fluctuation in performances and tempo is something Stephen Gerrard will want to get right next season or something he'll push even more to try and get closer to. Um, but, you know, that's five old firm games unbeaten for Rangers. Stephen Gerrard's record actually is very good. He's won seven out of 12 in the 12 he's been involved in. I think he's drew one and lost four. So he's enjoyed old firm games, there's no doubt about it. But Rangers just looked really up for it. But listen, you can't take away the, the sending off change, the dynamic of the game, didn't it? It put Selleck in the back foot a little bit more. Give Rangers was it, was more it the right decision, Craigs? Well, it was two yellow cards. I think both are yellow yeah. cards, yes. You know, and then, you know, as an experienced player, when you've made the first foul, you can't go lunging in for the second one. You know, I, I actually thought Nick Walsh refereed the game reasonably well for someone in his first old firm game with nothing really high pressure on it. Uh, I, I certainly think, you know, the two, the two tackles from Callum McGregor were late and I think they're, they're bookable offences. So, uh, but listen, Rangers then had to go and be clinical. 
you know, they had to go and push that on. Maybe previously they haven't been like that, but certainly this season they've really added that clinical edge and they looked really hungry to go and get more goals. Jason enjoyed it. John, did you? I wouldn't have thought so. Well, I haven't enjoyed all season. Rob, really, Jason's on about the game um, on Sunday. Rangers thoroughly deserve to win. They deserve to win the Scottish Cup fourth round. They've deserved to win previous games. They are the team that have showed the hunger, the desire, right from the very first kickoff. Really, they're invinci- they're invincible. Possibly, they got another couple of games. Yeah. Was, know, was that another game, John, that summed up the season? Yeah, it was, and it was a game where I just like Jason. I expected a bit more from Celtic. You know, they had a, they had they had a couple of challenges left in the season for themselves for the for the football club, um, and I just thought it was a very laboured, very ponderous. Um, Nothing really quick, sharp, you know, and with the, some of the players that Celtic had on the pitch, you know, Edward, Turnbull, uh, we spoke about Callum McGregor being sent off. Uh, I expect more from Celtic. I expect more at these times. They, they don't defend set pieces very well. The goals conceded was, was Sunday league defending. It was really, really poor. What did you think of the, the double yellow for McGregor? Well, I, I think Callum McGregor, he's lunged in the second one. He's not... He's he was just honest he just tried to get the ball not not realising that you know he didn't quite see you know over his right hand shoulder so he's lunged to try and get the ball and then obviously he's committed a foul so two yellows uh, you can't really say nothing about it mm. neither were red cards but no. they were both yellow but he, cards but he should have stayed in his feet shouldn't he Had, having been whether the first yellow was right or wrong once you've got a booking yeah. you, you've taken a big chance he sees it and I think he's a little bit for all his experience and all the games all, all the Celtic Rangers games that Callum McGregor's played in you know he's an experienced player um, he might have been a little bit naive you know diving in taking a risk if you like but there, there was no there was no um uh, there was no doubt in my mind that it was two yellow cards and then hence he has to go. Jason, we'll have a look, listen to your gaffer, what he had to say post-match. Here he is. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with the performance. These derby games are about big moments. You prepare for them and you do whatever you can to make sure that the big moments go your way. We, we started the game really well. You know, We picked a real aggressive and bold shape today and we wanted to really go for Celtic's throat. And we done that and took the lead. Alfredo scores a fantastic second and when that was happening there was obviously a big moment as well uh, in terms of uh, the red card but it, it was the right call so we've worked extremely hard for this victory uh, from start to finish and we certainly deserve the, the three points which are important to us Going for Celtic's throat was that the way you saw it Jason? I think the, the difference um, in that game was was the, was the front three um, Ruth Morelos and Kent and Gerard touched on in his interview post-match interview that it, the debate they terrorised Celtic's defence and midfield. Um, I mean, I think Scott Brown's going to be having sleepless nights over Ryan Kent this season because he's not laid a glove on him. He's not went near him. Um, and for me, um, going into that game, I was I was quite critical of Kamar Ruth in, in the past sort of three or four weeks, albeit he has been hampered with injuries and you know he's had a, a tough time off the park, obviously with the social media. Um, sort of saga that's been going on etc so he's probably had a, a tough time of it of late um, and I was worried that he was actually showing signs of kind of just fading out in a Rangers jersey you know obviously he's got, got, the, got the good goals in Europe against uh, top sides and then he got the goal at Motherwell uh, sorry at Ibrox against Motherwell to, to dig us out a hole in that game which I think was a massive um, three points for us uh, in a, in a important, in a, at an important point in the season um, but some of his overall play on on the Sunday was terrific. He was linking up. He looked strong on the ball. Um, the first goal was 
was just a moment of magic. I thought he got lucky when I first seen it. And yeah, I that yeah. It's just took a deflection, but the way that the way that he, he it's brilliant, brilliant corner was, was brilliant. I mean, John, John, as a striker, how 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 hard is that to do, John? Well, I'd have probably broke my back if I tried it. To be honest <laughs> with you, but uh, no, I thought. Um, you know the the way that he guided it in with it with his chest. It was a fantastic piece of skill. It really was because that was the only way he was going to score. Because mm. it came to him at such a difficult angle. But the way like he swivelled, he's almost uh, the momentum of the ball has took it in. But uh, no, it's a great finish. Great, great piece of improvisation. And but he's been uh, playing as a kind of one of the wider ones, hasn't yeah. he? Stephen Gerrard spoke after about playing with two centre forwards and playing Ryan Kent in behind with the free roll. It looked more natural for him to play as a centre forward. Mm. You know, he's not. A winger. He's not going to play in that area and dribble past fullbacks and put crosses in. He wants to be between the posts. And, you know, you just wonder is that something that Stephen Gerrard may use a little bit more going forward? Is the two centre forwards yeah. the one in behind? Just so we can get two in. Because he felt, you know, with Stephen Welsh and Christopher Iyer, he felt that physically Morelos and Kent, uh, uh, Morelos and, and, uh, and Roof could do a job on them. You know, could pin, could pin them, could can kind of ruffle them up a little bit, and then free Ryan Kent up to go and create. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays that system again. But I think he just looked more natural. It, it suited him better playing with a partner, but also playing as a centre forward. But Camaro's a good player, by the way. You don't play for clubs in the Premier League like Leeds and then go to Anderlecht. And Steve Gerrard has done his due diligence on him. He would have watched him. Yeah. He's brought quality. Uh, you know, yeah. he's, and he's got like, better and better, hasn't he? With, yeah, with yeah, each and to be fair, time. he's had to be patient at times because I think in the big games. In the yeah, the Rangers v Celtic games, he would go with Morelos mm. and he would go with Kent and maybe Arebo or Hadji. He's had to be patient. He's not played every single game. But the numbers are great, John. That's 16 goals for the season now for Kemar Roof. Yeah. Uh, very well in 17 well. for Morelos, 18 for, for Tavernier. I mean, that's just, yes. the, that's just the top goals. three. They're getting goals from everywhere. And yeah. as a manager, that's what you want. So then you're not over-reliant on your strikers to get goals. If your centre-half can come up with four or five headers from set-pieces... You know, if 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 your right back can score you 10, 15 penalties, yeah. then obviously that makes a huge difference. It takes pressure off your strikers. Jason, I don't know if you heard the, our our Belgian journalist who was with us at the top of the show talking about Fashion oh, Sakala, who's j- just been signed today. I mean, he he was raving about the the sensational. I think was the word he used. Impact he's made in the in the Belgian top league w- with a team who are currently playing uh, for trying to qualify for Europe. Uh, okay. they're, they're the club Jack Hendry's with, of course, on loan, has been with on loan from Celtic, but uh, raving about um, he's a Zambian international. Sound, and he sounds like maybe something Rangers haven't got at the moment, so he's going to further add to those uh, attacking options. So it's all really positive at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and listen, I mean, one thing that you, you certainly can't fault Rangers and, and the backroom staff and, and the management team uh, has been the recruitment. So... I'll be lying to you if I said I know a lot about the guy. I don't. Um, so I, I can't sit here and say that he's going to be a great addition. But one thing I can say is I, I've got full trust and confidence that um, if Stephen Gerrard has got his eye on his player, he knows the game very, very well. He's a footballing man. He's got a great footballing mind. So um, apart from a couple, there's been a few. Don't, don't get me wrong. Not every transfer has worked out for Gerrard. There's been a few that he's maybe had to you know, swallow a bit of pill with. But on the whole, in the majority... For me, he's got it right ninety um, percent of the time. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what this what, what this guy can add to the team moving forward. Jason, as a as a Rangers um, yourself, as a Rangers fan, the way you've dominated um, the league this in particular this season, dominated games against Celtic, um, you must feel incredibly excited now. You've got momentum. Um, you've you've certainly turned the screw uh, this season. Absolutely turned the screw on Celtic. 
Rangers are now the team to catch, the number one team in Scotland, in particular this after this season. That must give you incredible confidence, um, you know, riding a crest of a wave. You're winning these games against Celtic without actually being at your best, you know, because you just got that confidence within the group. You know you can beat Celtic now, whereas two years ago, you weren't quite sure. But that must give you incredible confidence now thinking, you know, how longer can Rangers go on? Can they rule the next two or three years? John, I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm 29, so when I was growing up, I was watching um, teams, Rangers Celtic games with, with yourself. Mm. Um, you know, the likes of Barry Ferguson, obviously I know he's not on tonight. Um, you know, and and they they derbies back then were just, were, I mean, terrific to be honest. If you great spectacles mm-hmm. for everyone across world football, they still are. Um, in my opinion, back in back in the days, they were a lot better. I'm not taking anything away from the guys now, but um, my my point on the back of that is, uh, I, I've I've witnessed dominant Rangers teams. I've witnessed successful Rangers teams, trebles, you know, um, getting to European finals, all that kind of stuff. What I'm really looking forward to now is I've got uh, younger members of my family who who haven't seen that, and they've they've been through the mill for the past ten years. They've never seen Rangers win a trophy bar this season. Um, I'm not taking into consideration the trophies on the way up. I'm talking Premier League trophies. Um, so I'm really looking forward to to, to Rangers tying this because I think it's it's Rangers is to to let go now. They, they've got the baton, and I think Rangers can can run with it as far as they need to. I mean, if you look at if you look at when Rangers came back up, I was quite naive, to be honest. If you, I'll put my hands up to that because at the time, I thought the Rangers would turn it around quicker than they did. I didn't realise the extent of the, the job that we had on our hands to try and get back to competing against Celtic, which was massive. We all know it was massive. Um, but it took us Warburton, Kishinia. It took us... I mean, I couldn't even count how many transfers it took us. I, I, would, take to, I would take to even count wonder if you count on both hands and both feet. But there were so many players that came through the through the setup at Rangers that went on to different, you know, challenges. And now we've got a team that are steady, that know their uh, position within the team, that, that are enjoying playing for Rangers because you'll know yourself, John, uh, playing with Celtic, that if you're in either squad, whether it be Rangers or Celtic, and you're successful, it's a great place to be. But if you're if you're not successful, you know, the pressure and all that that goes with it makes it a lot harder for you. So I think I think now Celtic have got a massive, massive job on their hands and they need to get the next appointment right because if they don't, um, then I think Rangers can dominate for, like you say, the next two, three, four years because going to Celtic to take over that team and, and rebuild it is a, mm-hmm. it's a huge job. I, it I is. And that, that's what I'm worried about, Jason. That's what, that's what I'm worried about. I'm yeah. worried about Rangers yeah. now. With, Rangers, <laughs> so with, Rangers with momentum, the way they've 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 won, they've they've absolutely canted yeah. to a, to a league title on such a huge, you know, unprecedented opportunity for Celtic, and the way Rangers have responded, the way they've played, some of the football they've played um, has been excellent. So it worries me. It worries me because Celtic have so much to do to get back to where they were this time, sort of eighteen months ago. So where does who it would you keep? Can I can I ask you a question? Who who, who would you keep? Would you would you would you be willing to say some names that you would keep in that, in that Celtic team just now? Who, who are the guys? Well, you'd want to keep obviously you would like to keep you would like to keep McGregor. They're talking about McGregor being captain material. You'd obviously want to keep. We will not be able to keep Edward. Um, we've held on to Edward with a piece of string, really. To be honest with you, we've been so close to leaving. Um, I think his time will come. He will move on. 
Ayer, of course, has one more year left on his contract. You know, Celtic will probably have to capitalise on selling him in terms of getting a decent sized fee. I would love to keep Ayer at the football club because I think he's got qualities. Um, and, and other than that, I think, you know, for Turnbull, of course, we, we, we will hold on to him. He's on a decent, lo- uh, a long, longish sort of contract. But other than other than four or five, Jason, that I've mentioned, it's going to be big changes. I'd be quite happy for the rest to go. Yeah, I'm yeah. bringing new, fresh blood. I really would. Yep. And for Rangers, it's onwards and upwards. Jason, thanks for calling. Good to have you on the show. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers Jason. Cheers, that's Jason, a very happy Rangers fan, uh, building from a position of strength. And we're going to talk more about Celtic. Obviously, is that Eddie Howe appointment imminent? The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Lots of football going on tonight. The second leg of one of the Champions League semi-finals, of course. Man City at home to PSG on the back of a 2-1 win last week in the French capital. So everything pretty much in Pep Guardiola's favour, you would think. But it's going to be some game because PSG will have to be having a go in that one, um, there's the Premiership playoff uh, quarterfinal in Scotland uh, tonight. The first leg of that one between Wraith and Dunfermline, uh, a Fife derby. Uh, we've got uh, lots of football going on in Leagues 1 and 2. We'll try and pick our way through it uh, a little bit uh, later with our uh, resident uh, expert on lower league football uh, he doesn't know it but that's exactly what he is or he's going to be tonight anyway our league one and two correspondent <laughs> Stephen Cragan um, it's also the first leg of the the pyramid playoff uh, tonight Broder Rangers against Kelty uh, for the right to play Brechen for a place in the SPFL at the weekend uh, some big results Dundee United nil Ross County two big win for John Hughes team as they look to survive in the Premiership Hibs lost at home to St Johnston uh, so with Aberdeen winning at Livingston and it's still an arithmetical possibility for Stephen Glass and his team to make third place in the table Aberdeen Hibs is the next game for the Dons at Pataudry Motherwell 2 Kilmarnock nil. so Kilmarnock are Back down to second bottom. Again, they're in that relegation playoff place as things stand. And of course, Hamilton had a big win in Paisley against St. Mirren. They're still bottom of the league, but that kept their hopes alive. And of course, the big result on Sunday at Ibrox, Rangers 4, Celtic 1. The Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday with Rob McLean, Stephen Cragan and John Hartson. And we're joined by Stefan, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Stefan. Hi Rob, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. How was how was Sunday for you? I think I know the answer. Uh, disastrous would be be one word I would I would probably have to sum it up with. Um, I, I look at Celtic season to be honest, and I, I try to think what what are the worst performances that we've seen. Uh, Sparta Prague, both home and away, springs to mind. But yeah. to be demolished in the way that Celtic were on Sunday. Um, Oh, just just disastrous to be honest did you get maximum effort i mean one one thing you you know you should be able to count on from a celtic team and and certainly in that fixture is maximum effort from every player i know, I know you were a player yeah. player down when when uh, Callum McGregor was sent off but did you get that from 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 your players on sunday um that's a tough one. I think the the only one I could really say that that looked as if he, he honestly gave 
everything he could was Chris Iyer, to be honest. Um, you know, he, he was not afraid to take the ball at his feet and try to try to impact the game. Uh, as for the rest of them, El Yunusi, perhaps David Turnbull. The, the, those are the only three that really, really stand out for me. Um, you know, Scott Bain was was abysmal to say the least. Um, to get beat at his near post by by Morelos is is criminal as a goalkeeper. It's, it's basic. It's goalkeeping one hundred and one. So, uh, other than those three, no, I, I don't think the, the, there was uh, any any real effort when once Callum McGregor got sent off. I know you were praising Chris Iyer there, and he was he was charging forward with the ball, and and he was trying to play a captain's part when when he got the armband from from Scott Brown. But was he culpable, John? Do you think at the at the Morelos goal did he turn away? Did he crouch down, Chris Iyer, when that shot flew in from Morelos? Oh, listen, Robbie, you could pick, you could you could dig people out. Um, you know, we've already sort of uh, discussed here whether Cal- Callum McGregor should have been sent off. I felt he was a little bit unfortunate, but it was naive as well because he was on a booking. Uh, you know, he's he's a future captain. They're talking about Callum McGregor, and he gets sent off in a after what uh, you know he he throws his team really a difficult afternoon. Then once you go down to ten, even the goal when um, Morelos cut inside, um, you know, there's there's others, and he hits it into the roof of the net. Mm. So that's the big disappointing thing for me as well. The way Celtic are just conceding goals. Um, it's got to mean more. It really, really has. You've got to be determined to keep a clean sheet. You've got Ayer and Welsh. You know, um, good, good this season, you want these players to be rocks, mm. you know, and it's difficult because... What about I, my question to Stefan? I direct it to you now then. Did, were Celtic trying hard enough? Did they pour enough into that game? I think it's difficult to, to, to label a performance and you question people whether they're working hard enough. I think when you get when you go down to ten men and you you're being outplayed in terms of possession, it's very hard to get the ball back. And then you go two down, then three one down, four one down. I think players are genuinely trying, but it's very difficult then, Rob, because Rangers are in the ascendancy. They are the team that are in that are confident. They everybody wants the ball for them. So I wouldn't say they stopped trying. I just think there's a there was just a lack of quality, a lack of belief. A lack of running in behind, a lack of creating opportunities, a lack of taking your opportunities. Yeah. And then defensively, if you're not scoring goals and you're conceding them right, left and centre, defensively, it's a recipe for disaster. Was there an air of resignation about Celtic in that game, Crags? Well, I think Celtic are just desperate for the season to end. Mm. You know, they want the season to end, they want the new manager to come in, they want a little bit of direction. There's no doubt the squad needs fresh impetus, fresh energy. Um and I think, you know, I have to say the first 26 minutes was actually a decent game because it was 11 v 11. Both teams were going for it. Tempo yeah. was good. Once it goes 11 v 10, then you almost feel as if this is just epitomises our season. You know, we think as if we're getting somewhere and then we're down to 10 men. Rangers go in front. Rangers get the goals. You know, we get back level. David Turnbull's big chance at 2-1. Yeah. You know, his dive-in header. That's James, suddenly, For- James Forrest's James Forrest, big yeah. chance when they were 2-1 as well. So that suddenly changes. That, that, that can change the whole psychology of getting the goal at the right time. And then within, what, a few minutes or shortly after, it's 3-1. And you know then the game's gone. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting just talking about the back four, the back five. I don't imagine any of that back five who started, includes Scott Bain in that, will be at Celtic next year. I think Christopher Ayer will be sold. John Joe Kenny will go back Welsh, to his loan Welsh, club. Welsh won't go anywhere, will he? But, but, but I'm talking about first choices. I don't think there'll be. I don't think any of that back five will be a first choice for Celtic mm-hmm, next year. Mm-hmm. Scott Brown's leaving in midfield. Moel Yunus, he's come back. Edward, best player, will likely be sold. 
So the three players from the weekend who will be part of Celtic next year, I would imagine first choice team will be David Turnbull, uh, Callum McGregor and James Forrest. That shows I, how big it is. I just think as well, Stefan, I don't know what you think, but that's six games against Rangers this season. That's, that's five. You know, five, sorry. With 20, 20 odd points behind. Is it 23 or 20? 23 now. 23 now. It's like... You can't keep making up excuses. This is not going down to the wire, by the way. This is not going down to the last two games. You know, Rangers had the league wrapped up in December. They were 16 points clear when Celtic came back from Dubai. And then they had the three home games. I think it was Livingston back-to-back and Hibs. They drew 1-1, considered a, a lazy last-minute penalty in injury time. And it, this has been going on. We cannot keep making excuses. And because Celtic... You know, it's been dire. It mm. really has been. And people like Stefan, who's a fan, me, watch them every game, ex-player, we're all trying to point fingers and putting our finger on, where's it all gone wrong? I just think, as a group, as, as a group, it's all gone wrong. You can blame individuals, you can blame managers, you can blame systems. Ultimately, Rangers have been better this year. They've had the bit between their teeth and they've had a desire about them. They've had a real reason to go and try and win that league by hook or by crook. We are not we are not lying down this season. And if you're looking at it in, in the here and now, John, yeah. it's a long way back, isn't it, for Celtic? Well, this is where we had the previous call on, Jason. We were talking about momentum. Rangers, mm-hmm. Rangers might... They might dominate for the next three or four or five years. They might do now what Celtic have previously done because they've got a manager in place. He's got seven staff he was allowed to bring in. Barry Ferguson was talking about that the other week. He was allowed to bring his staff in. His, his, his assistant manager is apparently very good technically. You know, he helps him as well and and, and everything else. But um, Celtic, they just look so far behind now. There's so much to do there. I don't, sorry, just quickly, I know we're going to the break. I don't think the Celtic fans would accept waiting three years for, for Eddie no. Howe's first trophy if Eddie Howe gets a job. That's what Rangers fans had to wait. Yeah. So Celtic fans won't want that. Remember well, as well, remember as well Craigs, Jason just come on and mentioned their two or three managers that came into Rangers before they actually got it right. Yep. And Stephen Gerrard. And Stephen had to mm. work for three years to get his first trophy. So... Will Eddie Howe be the right one? I think he'll do very well. I think he's outstanding one, the name that's you know coming out to me at the minute. But if we don't get Eddie Howe, then who else do you go and get? All of a sudden, you've got to pick then from the, the second best candidates, if you like. Celtic might have another two or three managers before they get the right one. That's what happened to Rangers. There you go, Stefan. You sparked us into action there. Thanks for your call. <laughs> No worries. Cheers. Good to Cheers, hear from bro. you. That's Stefan, a Celtic fan, a worried Celtic fan about what is coming next and when it's going to happen. News at six on the way, plus another hour of football chat. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. It's three years ago today that Stephen Gerrard became the Rangers manager and uh, it is a trophy number... Title number 55 for Rangers. That's completed. No League and Cup double, but another trouncing of Celtic at the weekend. Rangers 4, Celtic 1. 
their biggest win against their biggest rivals for more than 20 years. 23 points of a gap at the top. No joy for uh, John Kennedy, the uh, temporary manager for Celtic. And of course, it was a last old firm game for Scott Brown. Well, they'll not be judged on that. You know what I mean? It's not his fault. So I'm sure he'll not be thinking much about it. He's came here plenty of times and won, won many, many more trophies than, than a lot of people on the pitch today. So, you know, for Scott, you know, he's a terrific time at Celtic, you know, and this shouldn't be any sort of mark against him. It's nothing to do with him. I think it's just the 22 winners' medals Scott Brown has picked up in his time at Celtic, John. Um, but maybe not enough for some. Charlie Nicholas was having a bit of a go in his newspaper column today, wasn't he? He was saying uh, he's not a legend. Um, and he'll be easy to replace what do you reckon I think Charlie's at it I think he's at it because you know what What have you got to do then to, to, to become a legend you know he's played over six. he's made over 600 appearances for Celtic you know he's just 10 league titles 22 trophies and he captained the quadruple treble in the last four years and uh, I, I just don't know where Charlie's coming from there. I really don't. I think he's trying to noise people up, I think. How do you replace uh, the skipper, the man who's been the beating heart of Celtic for so long, Craig? Well, uh, do you know what? He's 35 years of age. I think he may be easier to replace on the pitch because of his age and because of his performances have dropped a little bit. His legs aren't what they used to be. His energy isn't what it used to be. So, yeah, I think he can be replaced on the pitch based on current form. But when you look at his, his overall stature and how he's led the club, I'd imagine behind the scenes will be the one that will be harder to replace. You know, driving the tempo and training, demanding off the new players that come in, setting the standards, training properly, doing everything right. That's what a proper captain does behind the scenes. You lead, you know, off the pitch, not just on it. So I think that will be the harder one to try and replace. Um, and you think about the games he's dragged Celtic through yeah. as well almost over at the, times single-handed over the piece listen and he'll know himself there's times he's been disappointing times he looks as if he's he, he's lost his form but he never shied away Rob he meets challenges head on he'll go head to head with people he'll go toe to toe you're right he drags him through games well he previously has he's, he's had the energy he's been the appetite he's been that one that's really just took the fight and carried his team with him so I think he will be a huge loss for the football club from top to bottom Let's talk to Cami, who's a, a Rangers fan. Hi, Cami. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hi, Cami. What are you thinking about uh, Sunday uh, and also the, the news today that uh, Rangers have made another signing, Fashion Sakala? Oh, also, I'm very pleased with the result on Sunday. Um, it was a good result. Uh, I think, actually, Rangers lined up one to go and score three or four goals, usually in the bigger games, like the old firms. Gerard seems to go a wee bit more legs up but he decided to just put three forwards there so he went for it in the end and we're on the signing I don't really know much about him but it seems as if he's going to be a guy who, who can score goals I think it was what, 25 or something he scored so far this season in the so Belgian top number, league yeah yeah so we'll wait and see um, wait and see what he can do but I don't doubt that Rangers have got themselves a good player considering their, their recruitment He's Steve, here's Stephen Gerrard talking about the tactics on Sunday. We played with two number nines today. We wanted to go real high up and be aggressive around Ayer and, and Welsh and, and challenge them. And we wanted Ryan to be a menace and a nuisance around McGregor and, and Brown because he's done it so many times and he's been a real thorn in Celtic's team. The decision to do that worked because three of them 
put in real positive performances and they're a big reason why we won the game in the style that we did. So really, across the team today, it was a really strong performance. Again, Alan's had to come big on a couple of moments. So look, I, I can't ask for any more from the boys. It was the reaction and the response I wanted from this time last week. It was, uh, wasn't it, Cammy, a very aggressive Rangers? Yeah, it was. They were pressing from the start. I, was, I heard earlier, the uh, first 25 minutes was a really good game, but as Celtic got that man sent off, it just turned in Rangers' favour. But Celtic, uh, sorry, Rangers want to play like that and they want to be really aggressive. But I think for the past maybe two old firms, you've seen them kind of sit off at the halfway line and let Celtic come forward with the ball and maybe wait for them to make a mistake. But it looked like on Sunday they were just going at them and they didn't care what was, what was going to happen. We've heard already on the show from uh, John Hartson in the studio and his fear that the Rangers might dominate for the next four or five years from the position they're in and, and all the rebuilding they're doing. Uh, do you think that could be the case, Cami, that, that we're in for a, a period of Rangers domination now after Celtic have been ruling the roost for so long? Well, I would hope that Rangers would dominate, but oh, here's a question. I'd like to see a picture of the Rangers squad the Rangers that Stephen Gerrard took over and say Eddie Howe gets a Celtic job and the picture of the squad that he's taken over the amount of league titles and Scottish Cups that Eddie Howe will be like that the players will have that Eddie Howe will be coaching will be way more I, I, don't, I think Rangers had one league winner and Kerry Miller and, well sorry Lee Wallace as well mm. So that I think that's why it took Steven Gerrard so long to get a squad that was ready to go and compete and go and win a league title. If Eddie Howe does come in, he's a top manager, I'm sure he'll win trophies and he'll get a squad together quickly because he's got players there who are good enough. But I heard you saying earlier on in the show there's always going to be players that will leave. But he'll need to do what any manager has to do and get the players he wants in his, in his team. I think that would be the big question, wouldn't it? I mean, yes, potentially there are lots of winners in that squad for Eddie Howe to inherit. But the the question, and we've asked we've asked it and tried to answer it already in the show, is how many of these guys are still going to be there next season, John? Well, not that many. Not that many. You look at Lee Griffiths not playing at the minute. He's been inspirational. Uh, sort of so very important with Edward. Their partnership in recent years during the, the nine in a row I think Ryan Christie, his contract is up. He will leave. Edward will go. Um, and then, you know, you look at it, at it defensively. There's defenders previously there. Fraser Forster's left. You know, and when people talk about, well, Rangers won because Alan McGregor made a fantastic save. Celtic had that once in Fraser Forster. You know, big yeah. players, you know, big players turn up in big games. Big players get the, the goals. Edward was doing that when Celtic were winning nine in a row. Griffiths was doing that. And they've stopped doing it for whatever reason. And Rangers for me have just stole that little bit of a march on Celtic. They really have. I don't know whether it's a surprise element that it's been it's been so easy for them. But um no, I just think that there won't be that many. There won't be that many that played in, in that Brendan Rodgers team, in the Ronnie Dyler team that was part of the, the, the nine in a row. You know, I don't think maximum you'd have three or four. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that was a Rangers team on Sunday, Crags, minus Hillander, Balogun, Katic, three central defenders, Jack and Arfield unavailable. Uh, so, so Rangers were, were being stretched in terms yeah, of, of resources. But that was, a, that was a team that always looked like it was going to win. Yeah, because of the, you know, the front three were very good. You've got to say, I think Kamar Roof and Morelos and Kent terrorised the Celtic back line, you know, just with their pace, their physicality, with their movement. 
But you know, John touched on it earlier, just about Celtic, sorry, Rangers potentially dominating for the next three, four years. I just think that little defeat against St Johnston was a reminder for Rangers in the Scottish Cup defeat. Was a reminder that you have to earn it. Just because you've won a league and you're playing well and you've got good players who are on form, and that I wouldn't say it's the fear for the Rangers supporters, but there was little moments this season, you know, away to St Mirren and, and and home to St Johnston. There hasn't been very many, but it's just little reminders that you have to be on your game. You've got to deliver. And that'll be the challenge for them next season. That's why Stephen Gerrard wants the ad. Because when everybody's feeling good and everybody's feeling confident, bring in more players. See if you can squeeze a little bit more out of the players you have. And you do that by bringing in fresh blood. So no doubt about it, you know, put, we'll want to push for the title next year. But I would imagine we'll want to add a domestic cup somewhere along the line just to further add to the number of trophies. But certainly they're in a good place. Rangers should have won the treble this year. If you look at the way it planned out, they knocked Celtic out in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup. They get to a semi-final yeah. against Samira and they conceded very last minute from a corner on a on a windy night. That was a quarter-final, wasn't it? It was a quarter cup. Against St. Mirren. Yeah. That was a quarter-final. Yeah. Quarter so you, yeah. you look at yeah. it, the way that they, they'd obviously had the league in the bag. Yeah. They beat Celtic, their, their biggest rivals, the second favourite. You know, they were arguably equal favourites to go on and win the win the Scottish Cup before that game mm. took place. And then they lose this. So arguably you could say, yes, they've won the league, but what you know, is, is there a tinge of, you know, Steven Gerrard? Yeah, they, they, they would have liked to have won another yeah. cup, obviously. So yeah. in my opinion, they were all set the way that the way I saw it, they seemed mm. you know, after results, looking yeah. at results and timing of the season. To go and win the treble, but, but I think that'll be the motivating that. factor then for yes. him. I, you know, I can imagine that sitting with Stephen Gerrard, as much as he's won the league and he's delighted. I think we've heard that frustration he has, from him, haven't he, we? He'll be thinking we should have had more, mm. and that's what you have to demand of your players. You can't just settle and put your feet up and say, "Well, that's us. We're fine." You've got to keep pushing, because I said before, at, at Rangers and Celtic, you don't get remembered for winning one trophy. You get remembered and thought about in high regard for winning numerous trophies, and that's what those players will want to do. How do you feel about that, Cammy? How, how do you explain a Rangers team which has been so far ahead, 23 points ahead of Celtic as of as of Sunday, uh, that goes out, doesn't get beyond the quarterfinals of either of the cup competitions? Does that affect your reading of how the season's gone at all? I mean, it's hard to um, explain what went what went wrong. You look at the St Mirren game, Rangers went into that game unbeaten in all competitions at the time. And then just didn't play well they weren't themselves I think they went they went one the last just kind of goals and all of a sudden St Mirren just came at them then obviously this game against St Johnson St Johnson were the better team they were the better team on the in the middle of the week when they played in the league and they were the better team when we played in the Scottish Cup I think both teams when Rangers got beat in both cups St Mirren St Johnson deserved to win but I couldn't explain why what why Rangers weren't at at the same that they would be for a league game but That'll be Rangers' objective for next season to go and to go and win a treble. Uh, as Stephen said, uh, you don't get the members to win just one trophy. It's only when you're you're voicing that statistic, isn't it, that Celtic are 23 points behind and maybe more come by the end of the season, a couple of games to go. To go from 12 trophies on the trot, a quadruple treble, and then not to be anywhere near competitive in, in their title defence John this season you know, Celtic fans are absolutely devastated in, in terms of how the league's played out and the, the Celtic players they say, I'd be embarrassed I really mm. would be embarrassed to go to any Celtic player of the year functions or to face the supporters because there's, there's, the, the way that the league has just been allowed to go across the city to Ibrox yes Rangers have done well they've they, they got, got the opportunity to be 
to to be you know unbeaten all season. That's that's a fantastic you know feat for them if they go and achieve that. Very good. Um, and they've improved the team and they work to a system. We've just seen there, heard there, you know, Roof, Morelos, they're good players and, mm. and Kent in in and around them, causing havoc for the for the Celtic defence. But if it's like um Cammy just said there, he just said he can't really put his finger on how they played so poorly in the cups and they went out to St Johnson and St. Mirren. I'm the same about I cannot I did nobody saw this come in. In a million years, no. nobody saw this coming from Rangers. So, yes, you have to give him credit. But Celtic, you know, as I said, as a Celtic player, if I'd have been involved in this team this season, I, I'd have felt embarrassed in terms of how the league has gone. The young player uh, of the year or player of the season uh, always confuses me when people say year because it's season, isn't it? Nominees were named today, uh, Nathan Patterson, Lewis Ferguson, uh, Doig and Turnbull. Um, but in terms of the senior uh, player of the season, Kami, uh, is that effectively Rangers player of the season awards as well? Is there is there anyone else from any other club who could possibly feature uh, in the nominations for player of the season? No, I don't think so. I think it'd be a disgrace if any if anyone but a Rangers player won it. Um, but like, I think you look at the young player the year ones. I saw obviously Nathan Patterson was in it. Maybe Davy Turnbull could win that. He's had a really good season when he came in at Celtic side. But I couldn't see anyone but a Rangers player winning those those trophies. And who would it be for you? Who who has been the top player for Rangers and by extension the top player in Scottish football this season? Uh, me personally, I would go with Alan McGregor. I think just every game, he's just been so consistent. But you, you couldn't argue if, if someone was to say Conor Goldson, James Tavernier, Stephen Davies, you couldn't really argue with them. But just for me personally, it would be Alan McGregor. Yeah. Some of the saves he's done, it's even the save at the weekend from El Unussi's strike. He's kept Rangers in games. And I hear Barry Ferguson say it all the time on the show. Um, a good goalie can get you um, 13, 15 points a season. So... Yeah, be what about what about manager Cammy? What, what do you think? You know, um, Callum Davidson got a shout if he goes and wins the Scottish Cup, two cups from St Johnson, or is it got to be Gerard? Yeah, I think that um, the problem is I think they're always going to give it to the guy that wins the league. But mm-hmm. I think if Callum Davidson wins the Scottish Cup, I'll be honest, I think he deserves it. I, I remember David Turnbull, uh, not David Turnbull, uh, David Martindale was in it was in for a shout when he was going on that run with Livingston but I certainly think if Callum Davidson wins the Scottish Cup and the League Cup with St Johnson he deserves manager of the season One of the problems is of course a lot of these awards are voted well, for already or ha- have, they have been voted for already I think the sports writers I heard yeah. Michael Grant saying it was by Sunday Yeah So it doesn't matter so, if Callum Davidson wins the <laughs> wins the Scottish yeah. Cup and it's not going to count no, for anything no. with regards towards yes. an award no, no, I was only pulling Cammy's no, no, yeah. no, 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 I was but, actually but, surprised at Cammy's answer Sorry no, no, Cammy It was, it was a very reasonable answer I was actually surprised You were very humble there by the way in saying Callum Davidson I was, I was surprised but you know, fair play to you but I, I, I would probably go with Stephen Gerrard yeah. I think uh, but, it's because of the amount of points as well uh, yeah. first I, title I, I think so but what's interesting is player of the season isn't it and I, and I see a, exactly the reason for going for Alan McGregor but it would be kind of strange in a way because, <laughs> because, because Rangers have been so impressive yeah. outfield defensively midfield attack all sections of the team um, it, it would be strange if it went to a goalkeeper but I, but Craig's I could actually understand why as well you can you know when Cammy breaks it down and talks about the saves and talks about the points that uh, 
a goalkeeper can earn you, then certainly he'll be in the reckoning. Um, you know, I, th I think just having that experience behind you, and as a centre half playing with a goalie, looking over your shoulder, thinking if you know if something's on target, there's a good chance he's going to save it. You know, that just bodes well for everyone. It, it gives everyone confidence and belief. Uh, Stephen Davis is the one for me. I think he's been terrific. Mm. He really has. You know, a lot of the time his work goes unnoticed. He's there's always no national bias in this, no, is there? Absolutely not at all. No, it, there's a lot of people. You know, when they're under pressure, they give the ball to him. He takes his thing out of the game. He ups the tempo when he has to. He, he knows when to play short. He knows when to play long. His whole game is improved dramatically over the years. He, Stephen used to be a, an attacking midfield player to then become a sitting midfield player and see the game differently and dictate the tempo. Uh, and, and Stephen Gerrard still to be playing him at 36 years of age have him in the team give him another year speaks volumes for him I think he could have a big shout as Stephen Davies in the player's player because I think he is, a, he is a player's player it's, isn't yeah, he? that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say Rob yeah, 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 his, his fellow professionals play yeah. against him every week see his professionalism see how he keeps the ball for fun he very seldom gives the ball away but he doesn't um, follow anybody, John. He no, doesn't get involved he gets in any his game. You know, he seems he a does. I don't know the boy, but yeah, he seems a, a magnificent fella. pro. Yeah, he is. Terrific. He speaks really well yeah. as well. In, he's a great he ambassador in, for the club. Interview, yeah, you know? definitely. So a player's player, you know, when, when players are in and around you, when you get that vote, I always think that's the best one to win. You know, when yes. you can impress your players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I would, the one I, would, I, you know, it's not easy winning both from. No, you know, I was well, I was well, I, I, yeah, I had the on you for Steve Davis to get that one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and are Rangers going to be invincible, do you think, Cammy? Are they going to get through these final two league games and be unbeaten right through the Premiership season? Yeah, I, I would think so. I can't say it's been stopped now. I thought going into Sunday, there was a chance that they could get beat, but I knew if we beat Celtic on Sunday, which we did, I think we could go come through the rest of the season unscathed. Look after yourself. Good to have you on the show. Cheers, Cammy. Cheers, Cammy. All the best. We're talking football and more to come. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. The Tuesday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Good to have you with us. Some great calls uh, tonight, which have sparked some really good football uh, discussion as well. Some big games to be played uh, tonight as well. It's the first leg of the playoff uh, quarter-final, the Premiership playoff quarter-final, and that's a Fife Derby, Dunfermline, against Wraith Rovers uh, tonight. So it's a long haul for one of those two if they're going to go all the way. And of course, we still don't know who's going to be second bottom in the Premiership in the final of uh, that particular playoff. Scottish League 1 tonight, Airdrie against Falkirk. Uh, Dumbarton, Peterhead, Forfer, East Fife, Montrose against champions. Uh, Partick Thistle are on the way back. They are back in the Championship uh, next season, Brecon against Dennis Muir in League Two, Cowdenbeath, Albion Rovers, Elgin, Queen's Park, Stranraer, Edinburgh City, and Crags. Uh, a lot hanging on a lot of games there. It is particularly League One when you look at Falkirk, who, you know, after the shutdown and, and football started again for them, they were top of the table. Automatic promotion looked uh, a real distinct possibility, but the run of form has been awful. I think one win in eight. Um, they could actually slip out of the playoffs tonight. If Montrose, Montrose are at home to Partick Thistle, and imagine Thistle's been celebrating all weekend, so they might not be in the best of shape. Um, so if Montrose beat Thistle and Falkirk lose against Airdrie, Falkirk don't make the playoffs. Which is incredible. Which is incredible, you know. So uh, Cove will be involved in the playoffs. Airdrie have had a great run. Uh, Falkirk, Montrose pushing well. Stuart Petrie's done a wonderful job up there, hasn't he? He really has done well. Yeah. And League Two as well, there's still plenty to play for in those playoffs. Stranraer and Elgin battling for that last place. But if they both win, 
Sterling Albion could slip out of League Two playoffs. So yeah, listen, the playoffs were brought in for a reason because they're exciting, they're entertaining, and we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago that the split is good because the best play the best in the division, and and the teams who have struggled play each other and give themselves a chance to stay up. But all action. Stephen Craig and John Hartson and Rob McLean on Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show Glasgow's own of course Glasgow in the West's newest radio station and uh, of course the trophy lift is to come for Partick Thistle it will be a sweet <laughs> moment for them uh, back where they belong in fact they'll be looking even higher they'll be looking to get back to, to the Premiership if they can as soon as possible uh, but they've made it very clear Ian McCall John has made it very clear um, that if anyone wants to turn up at the trophy presentation from the SFA or the SPFL they won't be welcome they won't no. get into Firhill because Thistle are still hurting um, about having been demoted to League yeah. One at the end of, of last season yeah it did seem extremely harsh didn't it uh, when they were uh, demoted so as a football club Ian McCall they've come together probably spoken to the, the owners and the players and they just said well do you know what we don't want them here we don't, we don't ask you know, for a lot, just a little bit of uh, fairness. They felt um, that they were, you know, treated unfairly. Um, so, of course, that's a decision they've come to. But um, you know, what can you do? The, the, the manager doesn't want the, um, you know, doesn't want them there. The, this has just come to us. The family of Celtic legend Billy McNeil has uh, reached out to the club to pay uh, thanks and tribute to outgoing skipper Scott Brown and to endorse uh, next week's tribute uh, to the long-serving skipper. Um, it was announced last week, of course, that supporters can pay their respects and give their thanks to Scott ahead of next week's final home game of the season. That's against St Johnston. Uh, by visiting uh, a designated collection point where fans can uh, leave their tributes, jerseys, flags, banners, etc. Uh, speaking on behalf of the McNeil family, uh, Billy's son Martin, who uh, well, I know well and uh, I'm sure Craig's knows very well as well, uh, contacted the club today with the following message on behalf of our whole family. We're delighted for Scott's record as a nine-in-a-row winning Celtic captain and all his other contributions to the club uh, to be recognised at next week's match. He says, No one would be better placed than our father to appreciate what it takes to be a successful Celtic captain. The great Billy McNeil. Uh, and we know uh, he would be so proud of Scott's achievements. That's lovely, isn't it? Absolutely wonderful. Coming from the McNeil family, there was no bigger... Personality, Caesar, um, lifted the European Cup, you know, unbelievable. And, and what a lovely man Billy McNeil was, an absolute gentleman, a time for everybody. So that that is wonderful. So uh, I'm sure, um, you know, there'll be a, a huge, um, you know, there'll be a huge sort of a crowd there next week for that. And it's only right, isn't it, that, that people are raving at this point about Scott Brown and what yeah. he's done over his 14 years at Celtic because it, it, it's very easy for this to get caught up in the whole Celtic collective situation at the moment where things have been sliding horribly for them. It's been a, a, a nightmare of a season for them. But you have to think back and, and you have to remember what he's done. We've spoken about it yeah. already, but but it's it's an incredible role of honour that he represents. Yeah. And I don't think you can allow, you know, your spot on one difficult season to undermine what he's achieved and the standards he's set at Celtic over that period of time. You know, you get people who, you know, John was there, what, four or five years at Celtic? You know, yep. and it was tough and you've got to be at your best and you've got to score goals and you've got to always be on your game. Almost 15 years. 
that's an incredible length of time to be not just at a football club, but a football club that demands such high standards and is continually wanting to win trophies and you've got to be that driving force and you've got to face adversity you've got to enjoy the good moments yes he'll be disappointed how this season's gone it's not ideal for him it's not ideal for the club but I think when people you know get a chance to settle down this season gets out of the way as time goes on people will look back at Scott Brown's illustrious Celtic career and think he was a great I think, and I think some people are dealing with his imminent departure uh, the way they dealt with Neil Lennon's uh, departure from the club as well. And there was a, a, a total uh, blank, if you, if you like, to what they had both done for Celtic. Lennon as both player and coach and manager. Sometimes you can just wipe the past away all too easily. But they, these guys both represent massive Celtic success, John. Yes, they do. And, and ultimately, I think in time, I think people will appreciate their achievements, um, their commitment to the football club over a long period of time, their success, of course. And there's no better fitting tribute to Scott Brown than what you've just read out there from the McNeil family. You know, Celtics, one of Celtics' greatest ever is family appreciate a player like Scott Brown. And um, to come out with that statement from Billy's son, Martin, um, amazing, absolutely amazing. But Scott's been, you know, inspirational, kept his fitness level, can still, can still play. Um, you know, and, and it's been a poor season from Celtic. And I think a lot of the outcry and um, a, a lot of the, um, you know, when, when Celtic fans were, you know, the, at pain, the, his, the hysteria. I just think it was a, a, a lot of frustration building up because... Nobody saw this coming. No. From, nobody saw this coming that Celtic would be so bad as what they have been. And, um, you know, Celtic fans are very, very proud. Now, I'm not saying it was right, but there was an awful lot of frustrations built up at that time. John Hartson, Stephen Craig and Rob McLean on the Tuesday Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Still half an hour of uh, football chat to go. And uh, we're going to include Rob in Clyde Bank in the conversation right now. Hi, Rob. Hi guys, how are you doing? Yeah, Hi Rob. Good. Very well. What would you like to say, Rob? I just really liked what's just been said there. And as a Rangers fan, I'd like to wish Scott Brown all the best. He has been some servant to Celtic. All Rangers fans haven't liked him, but come on. All things aside, the guys served Celtic very, very well, and he deserves and good. Hopefully, I've heard a lot of people saying maybe in a couple of years' time he comes back and maybe he something to do with Celtic again. Yeah. Have, have there been times, Rob, as a Rangers fan, when you've looked across the city and thought, we could do with somebody in our team with that sort of winning mentality? 100%, mate. 100%, Rob. Yes, definite. Because it, it, every time he put that jersey on, he was focused. You even seen him at the, at the game there at the weekend stand the tunnel. His eyes were focused. He was focused right on that part and he was, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think they still let him play the full match I'm quite honest with you. It's been his last game. Okay, maybe he's seen he was a wee bit tired but I think they still let him play on and just let him see you at the rest of the game because like, he deserved it because he has been a servant. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I think that moment, for me, I think that moment when he put his arm around Glenn Kamara on, on the pitch Absolutely. a few weeks back is, is one, of, one of the moments of the season really. Yeah. 100%, 100%, yeah. But the just thing, uh, my, my main point is, uh, Rob, is, is uh, to, about John Kennedy. Now, I've been listening to what uh, 
he's been saying there. Now, I've just listened to another podcast thing, and John Kennedy says that that referee at referees the match at the weekend wasn't uh, appropriate. Uh, it was his first old firm game, and Callum McGregor shouldn't have got sent off because it had been a totally different game, and from his attitude, Celtic would have won the game, no problem. Now, as in John, I was listening to what John says, and I'd like to congratulate him, and I wish that John would actually have a word in and just hold his hand up, admit defeat, but he's coming up with all these excuses and all this other. And what's he make even worse is they're coming out and saying, oh, Sevco Rangers are a new team and all that. Does that not make it worse for them if Rangers are supposed to be a new team? They're coming in and dominated them. Yeah, well, we'll just, uh, if John Kennedy's listening, 0808 17 17 700. John, give, John, give us a call and we'll have a chat about uh, about that red card at the weekend and about the Celtic performance. Here's a reminder of what he actually said uh, about the McGregor sending off. I think it's a bad decision. Not the second one, the red card, because he's on a yellow and he makes a tackle on the ground. But ask the referee for clarity at half time. Why did you book him in the first, before that? Why did you give him a yellow card? And his words to me, exactly were it was a reckless challenge. It wasn't reckless, I've seen it. It wasn't reckless. He's never even went to ground. There was no malice. There was no intent in the tackle in terms of any sort of power behind it. So I think, again, big game for a, a young official, you know, who doesn't have a lot of experience, and he, and he makes a very harsh call, which then costs us in the end. I think we've uh, we've already discussed it, Rob, on the on the show, and I, and I think we're in agreement. Sorry, that, I'm <laughs> we're we're in agreement that uh, the young ref, as as John Kennedy referred to him in his first old firm match, Nick Walsh, uh, got that absolutely right. There were there were two 100%. two two bookings and and only one outcome. Two bookings, two yellow cards, and uh, neither tackler were would uh, would deserve it of a red card. But you know, anywhere else on the field, it, any other player, I think it, it would have been it would have been exactly the same. Um, but you'll always get this. I think you've had it for God knows how many years since I was playing up here. Rangers get a penalty. Rangers fans, well, the Rangers manager would say that was never a penalty. Mm. Started to get a penalty. Yeah. That was never a penalty. You're always going to get that. But I think I think on the weekend, I think the pundits uh, ourselves in here, um, whether you're Celtic or Rangers, it's two yellow cards, and it's it's. Whether John was just, you know, he was obviously very disappointed because John has not took his opportunity, no. you know, in terms of being interim uh, manager at Celtic, taking over till somebody else is named. Could be him that gets named. We really don't know. But going out to the Scottish Cup, losing games, not actually stopping Rangers potentially. You know, they've had a couple of opportunities uh, to be invincibles. He's had opportunities to put a really big marker down, John, and he's clearly frustrated. So... Rather than talk about maybe the performance, rather than talk about maybe his strikers weren't good enough on the day to yeah. take opportunities, rather than not talk about how poor goals that Celtic gave away and his defence were very poor on the day, um, he has to revert to the, going back to the penalty. It just takes a bit of pressure off. Listen, John Kennedy's worked with Brendan Rodgers for three years. Mm. Brendan was a genius yeah. at it. You know, they deflect. They deflect situations. And not only does Celtic do it, Rangers have done it over the years. Celtic will do it again. Rangers Rob, will, will do it again. That yeah. That's how it is. Sometimes you get away with one, sometimes you don't. Cel Celtic yeah. have had that unhappy combination this season, haven't they, of, of losing goal after goal from, from, from set pieces. That, that's been a recurring theme. As Craggs has, has squandering chances, and, and they certainly squandered on Sunday, mm. didn't they? And it's been so unlike them, because you look back over the past three or four years and the goals he scored and the numbers they were racking up 
and the creativity they had and that clinical side to the game that they had. So to fall from where they were, I mean, John touched on it, it's, it's an incredible turn of events how, you know, they look laboured, the confidence looks low, that, you know, they haven't taken their chances. At times you look like they've, they've played as individuals rather than a team. For a team to be as high up as they were and be successful as they were, to have that quick turnaround, I mean, it started to unfold, didn't it, against Ferenc Varos going out of the Champions League and then it just tumbled and snowballed and decisions in and out of the club and the disappointing performances on, on the pitch. Everything just went and, and, and probably epitomised at the weekend because they had chances, the big moments in the game. Stephen Gerrard spoke about it. He said, all form games are for big moments and your players have to deliver the big moments. Alan McGregor at times this season has delivered on the big moments with saves and Rangers have delivered the big moments with scoring goals and Celtic have missed their big moments. They, do you know they've what, passed Rob? them up. Do you know what, Rob, when you talk about set pieces, right? When you're defending, yep. when you're defending uh, Robin Clydebank, obviously, and yourself, Rob, across the, the presenter tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Robin the Gorbals, that's yeah. me. <laughs> I'm just saying, when, when you're defensively um, picking up or marking a corner against or a free kick against, right, you've got to have the attitude of not letting my man score. Take responsibility yeah. for your job, right? You're either marking zonally... Well, if the ball comes into your zone, you're going to attack it. You're either yep. marking zonally or you're man for man. You make sure, you make sure your man does not score. You do anything, right? You block him, anything yeah. rather than give a penalty away, of course. And that's responsibility. And when Neil Lennon is watching his team and he's and, and they've set up in the dressing room, who oh, you're marking, what zonally, what what areas are you taking? And a yep. player lets him down and loses his man. There's not a lot the manager can do about that uh, other than get him in the dressing room and say, look, take responsibility. And everybody can blame managers and everything. Else. Managers can only set players up. And then you, you're, you're looking then, Rob, you're looking then, Rob, for good, for good characters, good football yes. people, good players to go and do their jobs. And Celtic haven't done their jobs from set pieces against. You look at the first game yeah. of the season when, when Goldson scored... And it just went down below Barkas. Yeah. Go, somebody's got to give that free kick away in the first place yeah. where Rangers can get yeah. a good delivery in. And somebody else has got a Mark Goldson. They didn't either. Yeah. And it's happened over the course of a season. And you're, you're spot on um, in terms of set pieces. Set pieces are huge nowadays. They win you games. It's good they haven't upset you, though. That's the main thing. <laughs> well, there you go, Rob. This, there is, you go. this is Robin the Gorbals thanking Robin Clyde Bank. Good to have you on the show, Rob. Cheers, Rob. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All, the best. All the best. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. And uh, we're into the last uh, 10 minutes or so. Mentioned those uh, Young Player of the Year nominations which were announced uh, today. No great surprise, I guess. Nathan Patterson of Rangers, Lewis Ferguson of Aberdeen, Josh Doig of Hibs and David Turnbull of Celtic. Um, so David Turnbull, Crags? I think so, yeah. You know, for someone so young to make it such a big impact at Celtic, it took him a while to get in, but I think the impact he's made since he came in, uh, you know, everyone sat up and took notice of him. You know, he, he's took to it, he's dealt with the, with the hype and with the pressure of having to deliver a big club, and I think he's done well. But listen, Nathan Patterson's only played, what, 14 or 15 games, but in the latter stages of his performances, before he was um, suspended or, or stopped from playing, 
he uh, he was really growing. He was maturing. He was making good decisions. He was getting forward. So I think he's certainly one for the future. And young Josh Doig, I've got to say up at Hibs, I think it's been terrific. Really good, yeah. You know, for Jack Ross to put him in at 18 years of age and for allow him to play in the big games and flourish and thrive, he's only going to get better. So it's good for Scottish football. Lewis Ferguson had an excellent start to the season, hadn't he? But I think he's plateaued a little bit. I just think he might need yeah. to move on somewhere else to get a fresh challenge to go again. Um, but certainly, listen, all four are worthy of mentions. Sure are uh, the Young Player of the Year nominations and of course the real thing the senior player uh, to come as well and that is going to be Rangers dominated of course uh, Stephen Craig and John Hartson Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with some great calls tonight so Laurie don't let us down don't don't let the quality drop how are you doing? Well I'll, I'll, I'll try not to I'm a veteran of many phone in I know uh, you over are. the years I know I knew you wouldn't be overawed uh, <laughs> Stephen, uh, nice to talk to you this evening. Uh, the last time I was in your company was many years ago. I, uh, a rival uh, radio uh, broadcaster, now defunct, and uh, you were in attendance uh, an evening at a car showroom over in uh, oh, Scotland. Yes. He was looking a bit worried there uh, for a minute. <laughs> I remember it well, though, uh, I do. I remember it. How are you, Stephen? I'm absolutely fine. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good, Stephen. Good man. Big John. Hi, Laurie. Uh, big man, yes. uh, can I say to you, once again, I, I, I spoke to you mm -hmm. some years ago and uh, we shared thoughts. Uh, at the time, this is uh, the, how long ago this was, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the conversation theme was uh, Jan Vernigore Hessling, Scott McDonald, yes. and that wasn't yesterday. Uh, John, can I say to you, uh, as a Celtic fan from my heart, thank you, big man for the treasured and cherished memories you've left me uh, as a Celtic fan uh, when you played under the Blessing Martin. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Listen, I was only trying my best and doing my job, but I'll take the compliment, mate. Thank you very much. You, you might have only been doing your job, John, but if I may say so, mm -hmm. uh, you did it exceptionally well. Now, uh, let me make my point. Yeah. Uh, guys, this evening, I, I'm pausing for a moment of reflection. To thank Scott Brown and Peter Lowell for the contributions that they made to Celtic. Uh, before I uh, touch on Scott Brown, I think that some of the comments uh, I've read uh, on social media towards Peter Lowell have been disgraceful. Uh, a lack of gratitude, mainly from a lot of young Celtic supporters who don't remember the barren years as I do, a man in his mid-60s. Celtic don't have a divine right to success Peter Lowell leaves us. I have a masterminded 27 trophies, no less. Uh, and that must be really up there, uh, you know, uh, in the annals of Celtic's uh, folklore and history. But my main comments tonight, guys, are about Scott Brown. Uh, 22 trophies. Uh, he leaves to go to Petardry. Uh, and Scott leaves with my best wishes. You know, that guy has accumulated so many medals. Now, I reckon he must have more medals accumulated uh, than the Royal Princes, Charles <laughs> Andrew and Edward, have got combined, pinned to their jackets and their coats uh, during official ceremonies. The panel's thoughts? Yeah, I mean, and, and you, you'll have heard as well that, that very warm tribute that was played by the Billy McNeil family 
just this afternoon to Scott Brown and uh, and and there is, we were talking Laurie as well on the show already just about the danger of of Scott Brown's achievements being forgotten and I, and I think Neil Lennon can be bracketed into the the two names you you mentioned there as well as somebody who, who should be remembered in terms of what he's done for the club because at the time of his departure there was a lot of crags of horrible stuff flying around yeah, it was and it's absolutely it's emotional because ten titles in a row meant so much to the Celtic supporters. You know, they felt as if change could have happened earlier. They felt as if the board should have intervened. They should have, you know, understood their mistakes earlier rather than letting it go to the stage where it was unrepairable. You know, they couldn't reverse it and, and, and Rangers had gone and won the title. So there was a lot of anger, a lot of frustration going about. But I think in the cold light of day, when people sit down in years to come and look back at that successful period of nine titles in a row and, and the influence that Neil Lennon had at the start and at the end of it, uh, Scott Brown's achievements and his trophies and, you know, when you're a manager of the club you support, like Neil Lennon has been, I think it must be the hardest gig that there is going about because you feel the emotion when you lose, you feel the disappointment, you're a supporter, your family are supporters, it never leaves you and you're as disappointed as many and you know, I can understand why Neil wanted to stay as long as he did because he knows the day he walked out of the door at Celtic Park he was never coming back as a manager. You know, you get you know, very lucky to do it once but never mind twice. Yeah. So I don't think that should be forgotten, no doubt about it. I'm not entirely sure that it is the end of Peter Lowell at Celtic as well. It is the end as chief executive. Um, but I do hear whispers that he might be staying on in some sort of consultancy role, maybe for a, a temporary phase to, to help Dominic Mackay through the early stages as he takes over. And obviously, as Laurie has said, John, uh, you know, Peter Lowell taps into massive experience and massive success. Well, he does. But I, I think Peter is such a... Um an intelligent, um, bright man, I just feel that he wouldn't have come out and said, that's it, I'm here until um, this, the end of the season and, and I'm away. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he has something else up his sleeve, something uh, away from Celtic. He's given Celtic a lot of years of his life. Um, he'd still be sought after in terms of his the job that he's done. Uh, I think he'll be away, Rob. I think he's announced it and I think he'll be away. I can't see him staying on for any other reason. I don't know what Laurie thinks. But, Laurie, I was going to ask you a question. Can I ask you a question, pal? Of course you can, John. Yeah, I'm all ears. Right. I know this season there's been a catalogue of, of, of errors and, 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 and things that have gone wrong, different issues. In your opinion, um, what's, the main, what's the main thing that's gone wrong this season, in your opinion? Uh, in my estimation, John, I, and, you know, I'm trying not to scapegoat people or look for, uh, you know, to, to launch recriminations or repercussions of people. But in answer to your question, big man, I personally think uh, that the biggest mistake uh, were the recruitment, was the, the recruitment policy of Nicky Hammond. With the exception of Turnbull, virtually every person he signed has uh, been found wanting. Uh, we've got it disastrously uh, wrong uh, compared to when uh, John Park was there. Uh, yeah, recruitment used to be so good, Laurie, didn't it, for Celtic? Aye, absolutely, and it's been disastrous uh, this season. Uh, so I just hope we get that right uh, under the new uh, regime, uh, whoever that happens to be. Uh, I hear a lot of people, uh, you know, on the, 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 the programmes, the phone-ins and on social media, uh, saying that we, we need uh, the managerial appointment to be made very soon. I get that because season tickets are up for renewal. Mm. I'm a season ticket holder myself, as are my two sons. 
uh, Matthew and Lawrence. Uh, but it's more important to me that instead of looking at a date in the calendar that we get it right, that's the most important thing to me. Uh, if we don't make an appointment before the end of the season, uh, as long as we get it right, that's the, the most yeah. important thing. I do understand that the you know a qualification for the Champions League next season uh, is vitally uh, important uh, as as most years. Uh, but uh, we've got to get it right. Too many Celtic fans, I think, think that we've got a divine right yeah. to success. I suspect uh, it's not going to be a quick fix. Uh, there's a possibility we might have to embark mm. uh, on a rebuilding process because that team that played against Rangers at weekend, uh, uh, in my uh, opinion, very few of those players who started that game will still be at Celtic Park come the start of the new season next August. Fearful. Uh, um, Laurie, I, are you fearful that if Celtic don't get it bang on, if they don't get it right, like me, Rangers can go on and dominate for, for a good few years? Oh, I think there's every possibility. That's right, John. I'll tell you what I, I do think. Uh, I, I know that maybe time's against us here as we're nearing. Yeah, uh, just, just program, a quickie, I'll, I'll Laurie, try, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll try and make my points as briefly as I can, guys. I, you know, I, the situation is we have got to get it right. I, but, you know, it's important uh, that we appoint the right players. Uh, we get the right guy in. Steven Gerrard, and I have to give credit to the Rangers board here, they persevered with a guy that's had two barren seasons. So far, he's only won one trophy out of nine, but the one he got was the one that yeah. mattered most, was, which was the Ryan Celtic at uh, the 10. But Steven Gerrard now has been hailed as a messiah by the Rangers fans. Uh, it's almost as if he's lit. Moses having led the Israelites through the wilderness, you know? Yeah, very uh, very so, biblical. Craggs is putting on his jacket, Laurie, so I'm taking that as a sign. We're coming <laughs> Laurie, to lovely to speak to you. All the best. Good, good, uh, good, guys. good, well, good hearing from you. That was Laurie winding things up at the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks to, to John and to Craggs as well. We are uh, back tomorrow night. Uh, on the Go Radio Football Show with Paul and with Barry and with Leanne. That is live from five. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.